You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 120 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the fabulous Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's new in Gina world? Oh my God. Uh, it's a big week. I um, Yes. I did a, a shoot and I was talking about, I think last week, how I was planning and bringing everything into the car to make sure that there was nothing that I forgot and all the items that I brought just in case, yeah. uh, the spare lights. And uh, I kept getting these, like, you got to listen to your intuition, like, as I was packing, yeah. uh, bring that extra spare, extra spare light. So I usually have two spare lights. I brought three valves. Above right. and above the ones that I normally bring, and wow. then there was the other little whisper: bring a spare uh, cable. So the the, the the cable that I um, use to uh, have the files up on the screen, um, I bought another one of those, and uh, the USB cable that I use goes from camera to laptop yeah. uh, to tether, and uh, did the shoot, and uh, a quarter of the way in. One yeah. of my lights blue. Really? That's cool. And this mm-hmm. was like crucial because we were doing uh, photo comps. They were all cast shots. The lighting oh, yeah. had to be the same. So it wasn't like, oh, it's only a background light. I can go without it. It was like mm. this needed to be perfect. Yes. So, yes. all right, okay, no problem. I've got a spare light. So we get the spare light. Keep shooting. Mm. Spare light goes. Wow. Right, because okay. the two spares that I have have a tendency to overheat when I shoot very quickly, which is how mm. I was shooting. So the spare one goes, just get the other spare. Mm. Half an hour in, second spare goes. Mm. So we get out the, the third <laughs> off oh the bench. Oh, goodness me. And the third light is a little old, like it's like an old Ford. It's this uh, old <laughs> light that I've had for 30 years that someone mm. gave me that's like looks like rubbish but it's like really tough. Put that on, it goes mm. for the rest of the day, no problems. So wow. had I have not had those backups, yeah. I've been up Kaka Creek. And yeah. Uh, halfway through the shoot, one mm. of the uh, people on set tripped over the tether cord that goes oh. from the camera to the um, <gasps> computer and knocked it out <gasps> of the um, the USB port mm. and uh, bent it a little bit. Oh, no. Yeah. Had the spare. No problems. Oh, good. Oh, so my there you goodness. go. It all happened on the on the one day. Wow. Okay. Did you lose your cool at all? No, I don't lose my cool, Val. You know that. <laughs> what? Why do you laugh when I say that? Why can't I? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't lose my cool. You just casually get the other light out, get the other light. I was just very happy that I had three yes. backup lights. Because yep. how, like, all the one light in yeah just like really odd so um what have you been doing what have i been doing i just came back from a macrame class good on you val i'm very proud of you yeah 
I just thought I'd give it a go. Um, yeah. It was quite fun. Like I don't think I'll become a macramist or whatever. Macramist. I'm not yeah. sure if that's a word, but yeah. I don't. Uh, but it was it was enjoyable. You know, it was just like a four hour workshop, and I left with my little well start of a wall hanging. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was good fun. And you know, you learn stuff and you you discover new places and people. Um, earlier in the week, I went to a crochet class. <laughs> where <laughs> the Who aim are is you? To, what I know? What crochet? Like so? <laughs> to crochet, my mum not, at home. Not, not to crochet. Has, those, a, do you crochet those doilies that go? No, not to crochet no. a doily. Not to crochet no. things like that. To crochet a rug. Okay. All right. That's fine then. <laughs> and it's going to be, and I've, it's actually not going to be a rug now. It's going to be a little bed for Rex or Rocky. Beautiful. Yes. So I discovered that I'm not that into crochet, but I really right. liked the workshop where in the studio where this took place and I'll definitely be going back there to do other fun things because the crochet class was accompanied with champagne and cheese and biscuits. Oh, as it should be, Val. Yeah. So I thought that's a pretty great way to crochet and that's a pretty great way to learn. So I'm going back for more workshops. For more wine. Champagne. <laughs> that's right. I can't wait to see what you make. I can't wait for my macrame pot hanger and uh, to see you at the Sunday market selling it. I'm not going to do Sunday markets, Gina. What, what do you do then? What Are you going to just go straight into like exhibitions, Val? Yeah, I'm going to get commissions. Like installations. You know yeah. how they have the, like, you know, the National Gallery will have the Valerie Koo installation and people will be flocking around a pile of rope on the ground going, oh, my God, she is amazing. <laughs> look how she's put, look at the negative space there with the, <laughs> the, the ropes. And, uh, and and then you're standing there. She's like, no, no, my macrame installation's over there. That's the pile of rope that the janitors left from the night before. <laughs> You know? No, I don't have aspirations to be in the National Gallery. I don't anticipate that's going to happen anytime soon. But, you know, I wouldn't mind if some of my artwork, I'd call it artwork, not macrame or crochet. Pieces, Belle, your, your, your pieces. Oh, my yeah, my pieces. pieces. Yeah, and uh, you have to start wearing a cape. Cape? Yeah, if you want to be a serious artist. You wear a cape? Oh, yeah, some of them do. Like, I've got you know, a couple. You got skinny jeans, drop crutch. I'm not gonna wear them. I'm no? not wearing poo catchers. No, no poo catchers. No poo catchers for me. Poo catchers are your thing. <laughs> <laughs> and they look good on you, Gina. But anyway. This isn't a podcast about crafting. It is about photography. And we want to give a shout out to Hughes Pictures because Hughes Pictures kindly left a review for us on iTunes. And he has said, this podcast saved my life. Well, not literally, but it has given me the tools and confidence to get my first paid job as a pro photographer. Wow, that's awesome. Pop the champagne. Okay, I'm halfway through binge listening and can't get enough of it. Valerie and Gina make sense of so many aspects of photography that I'd never even considered before listening to this. Thank you so much and please don't ever stop. And that's from James. Wow, thank you, James. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Amazing. We, Thanks so much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It's great to get that encouragement. Um, and if you, if other listeners have uh, 30 seconds to leave us a review or rate on iTunes, then we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings and, as I said, gives us that little bit of encouragement. So thank you, James, and everyone else who has left reviews. Now, let's move on to this week's topic, which I think is so awesome. It's a beginner's guide to photo composites. Now, this is so relevant to me right now because yesterday, Gina, I was at an all-day event, big event in Sydney mm. that I was speaking at, and at the end of the day, we had to take a group photo, you know, of all the speakers and the crew and 
people involved. And we were in our group and we were, we, because it's hard to get everyone ever. I mean, it's a big event. It's at the International Convention Center in Sydney, oh which God. is, which is brand new and it's lovely and gorgeous, but you've got to find people like, yeah. you know, it's not easy. <laughs> you need a, you need a people wrangler for that sort, yeah, sort of spot. It, it, it's not easy finding all the, the, the relevant people who need to be in the shot. So anyway, we, we had all the group there and it was that, that we would, that would, um, the photos were being taken and I don't know what it looked like through the viewfinder because I wasn't taking the photos. I was in the shot, but it seemed to be full of energy. It seemed to be great. Everyone seemed to be, you know, um, there seemed to be a good vibe. The photographer seemed happy, but then the organizer who of course needs to be in the shot (laughs) ran in and said, Oh, wait for me, wait for me. And she came in and the thing is, it's vital for her to be in the shot, right? Yeah. So she came in and we took, we did it again. We did more photos and I heard the photographer say later, oh, wow, the, actually the best ones are the ones without her in it. So I was thinking, oh, maybe he could, you know, comp her in somehow because he would have, she she would be available to him to, to do, a, you know, a, a shoot, you know, separately potentially. And um, and potentially maybe she could be added in to one of the great shots, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So this is all the things that go through my head when really I should be focusing on what I'm speaking exactly. about. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is a really relevant topic, a beginner's guide to photo composites, because I really think that a lot of listeners, a lot of people out there who are into photography and do take lots of great photos and may even do some level of post-production, they do post-production, but they haven't done composites yet. And I think this is a this is going to be a great uh, learning episode for those people just to get started in composites. So before we get, you know, deep dive into this, can you define what a photo composite is? Yeah, or, or um, I've I've sometimes called them photo composts. <laughs> so I haven't. I'm yet to master the English language, Val. You know what have been you call ideal. Them photo composts. I have. Are you serious? Um, so you know how your the school that you went to, the high school you went to, did yes. did you have elocution lessons there, and like yeah. you had like piano lessons, and like that sort sort of well rounded education that you got, and then yes. there was the high school that I went to where <laughs> we were taught uh, street smarts you know, how to fight, how to smoke behind the shell, the sheds. But all these skills are also very necessary because I've like, I found that there's stuff that like we were taught how to cook fowl, kind of the stuff that you missed out on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Right. So you got all that amazing knowledge and they turned out these beautiful polished women. And then we, we were sort of like the, the, the dregs. (laughs) But if you, if you, if you merge those two those two schools and the kinds of education together, because my school was also big on uh, teaching about art and all of mm. that sort of stuff. Imagine mm. what, what kind of education? Imagining? Well, you'd have all these well-spoken people mm. who knew how to fight and smoke yes. behind the shed. Yeah, right. Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. an aside there, Val. So photo composite. <laughs> a photo compost is something where you put your photos in a pile and put them in the bin <laughs> and uh, they, they, you know, break down and food for the worms kind of thing. So, mm. um, but photo photo composites or working with multiple images it's like a really great way to get the perfect shot because getting everyone or everything in a photo looking exactly perfect the way that you want it is really difficult to do there's always something that you would go I wish that bird wasn't there I wish that Mm. person in the group smiled a bit better I wish the sky was uh, more saturated or more detailed in my landscape shot and that's that's what's the beauty of working with photo composites multiple images so uh, it's it's really difficult as a portrait photographer when you're doing a large group uh to get everyone looking well like you know to keep the energy going there's always going to be someone who blinks every time you push the shutter or who who has a a sneer on their face for nine out of the ten frames that you shot so there's Mm. ways around it and really easy ways so with a, a little bit of 
little bit of pre-planning and a bit of basic post-production knowledge, you can combine multiple images and you can make sure that you guarantee a good shot every time. And it's not something that you have to plan to do every time you shoot, but if you put these techniques into your uh, photography protocols when you shoot, you just make sure that these are the steps that you take whenever you do a group shot, whenever you do a shot where you might have lights that are coming into your frame, Mm. you can make the post-production really easy for yourself and very quickly and very easily make sure that you nail the shot. So if uh, the photographer that was taking your group shot yesterday, Val, Mm. followed these simple protocols, it would have been no problem to get that person who came in at the last minute uh, Mm. into the shot and easily um, merge them into the shot. So Mm -hmm. the disadvantages of working with the photo composites that I see. So the advantages obviously is you get you get the great shot, right? You you can nail the shot, get everything that you want, make sure that everyone's lit evenly and it all mm. looks amazing. The disadvantages are there's there's extra time that you've got to put into it. So it's a, it's a, it's all it's all the extra post production and the pre planning. So it's very easy if you want to get a group shot. The quickest way to do it is just stand in front of the group, take the shot. Right? If you yes. want to do photo um, composites, you need to think about it, pre plan it, and uh, spend some time in post production. So if you're prepared to put in the time, you're always going to get a great shot at the end. Because it's not just the actual post production of piecing it together. It um, it's it's the planning in terms of knowing how to pose everyone so that they actually are going to fit together in the end right exactly but if you if it it becomes almost second nature and you start to think in this way so when Mm. you know what's possible in post-production and you're aware of that it it's something that you you actually then shoot knowing that you can do this, and sometimes mm. you don't need to mm. um, put the images together. And but you've always got it up your sleeve. It's like a safety net to have, so it's right. it's uh, worth doing. And one of the other disadvantages uh, that 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 I do notice sometimes when images uh, are comped together is that uh, often there'll be like a little bit of a disconnect if you get a background or the lighting's not quite right or or the people don't look like they belong together, it, it can be a bit of a disconnect in the shot. So there is ways that we, we can uh, work on to make sure that that, that that doesn't happen and you get an image that people can't tell that it was uh, comped mm. together. And uh, I always, like when I'm working on, I've been working on a big one this week, uh, a big comp, when I'm working on stuff like that, I always show it to someone who has no idea what the shot's about or who's in it and I just ask them, what do you think of this? Who? Who, who wasn't there in the original shot? Can you tell? They say no. If they say no, then I go, okay, I've done a good job. Right. Yep, fantastic. All right, so let's talk about some of the essentials that we need to get things done. So to do – to work in – to comp images together, to merge multiple images, you do need to have some sort of – photo post-production software like Photoshop, which is paid. Uh, And at the moment to to get that, you can either get a standalone copy or you pay a monthly subscription uh, to get that. Uh, Photoshop is like, you know, the Ferrari of uh, of, uh, post-production software. And a lot of people when they open Photoshop do feel like they've been given the keys to a Ferrari when all they've been driving around in, in for the for the, all their life is like a a pedal car. Do you know what I mean? You just feel like there's there's all this force and power, and you're not really sure what to do with it. Uh, there's another option as well to Photoshop, and it's called GIMP, G-I-M-P, and it's just like Photoshop, only it's an open source. It does every, and it's free. So um, if Photoshop's sort of out of your uh, price range, then you might want to have a look at GIMP because it, it looks just like Photoshop. There is a lot of there's a great community, uh, mm. lots of tutorials, and you might want to give that a go so you do need to have the post-production software and I think a lot of people when they're coming into post-production and looking at this sort of stuff have uh there's a well-known syndrome have you heard of this Val it's called FOP 
FOP syndrome. What's FOP? Yeah, fear of Photoshop. Oh, yes. I used to suffer from FOP. Yeah. Yes, I definitely suffered from FOP. But uh, once you get started and just learn the principles, and which, you, which can be done very quickly, then it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I I was uh, I suffered from FOP, uh, and uh, when I first started using Photoshop, uh, it, it was just like it's. It, does, it was just very confusing for me and, and, and so I had some lessons and uh, some mentors that showed me uh, I did some uh, online I, no I did some in, in person uh, workshops and I did a lot of online workshops to learn how, how to understand Photoshop and that really helped and then there was a lot of time just sitting in front of a screen taking an image and trying to do stuff and trying again and again and again and the first photo comp that I did trying to work everything out took me a week wow then I kept doing them and then I would go well how can I make this improve and I'd try things and it just like eventually it all becomes second nature and again Val it's like I keep using this analogy, but it's perfect. Like learning um, to shoot in manual mode like, is overwhelming at first, isn't it? Again, like driving a car, there's yes. all these different things that you have to uh, remember how to do, how to change the gears, use the clutch, all of that. Yes. And like shooting in manual mode, remember when you picked up the camera, oh, aperture, shutter speed, I don't get it. But eventually you keep doing it, it becomes second nature. Yes. Photoshop is the same. So at not first, just because, not just be, when you do it. When you, it, to, for me, it was because of the way you explained it. From that point on, I shot in manual mode because right. you made it make sense. Right. And yes, everyone, the course in how to get off auto and onto manual mode <laughs> is coming very soon. There's been a bit of a delay, but it is coming because the way Gina has explained it uh, in this course, which obviously is the way she explained it to me, is spot on. It was through producing this course that I learned how to shoot in manual mode and I only shoot in manual mode now. So the way Gina explains it is fantastic. But anyway, I don't mean to tease you. Yes, the course is coming soon um but we were talking about photoshop yeah so photoshop is the same and it's going to be when you open it up and look at all those tools and oh my god what do i do what does this do it it it, it feels a bit overwhelming but it is very basic and uh the things that i'm going to show you today are are very basic so it's like you don't need to even we're we're basically going to get in the ferrari we're going to put the keys in the ignition and we're going to turn it on and rev it Mm -hmm. a bit we're not Mm -hmm. even going to we might even get, get into first, but that's it because I think they have like 10 gears, the Ferraris. Have you ever been in one, Val? A Ferrari? Yeah. No. Have you? No. No, no. me <laughs> uh, Yes, I have. Oh, have you? Okay. No, yeah. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, oh, that took Who's me Ferrari back. was I it? Was, I was – I dated a guy with <laughs> The Ferrari, really? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, I won't ask any further questions. Um, <laughs> had a phone in it, Val, and this was like in the uh, – like, like yeah, in the 80s when no one had phone car phones. Wow, and okay. It's the most exciting thing. Okay. <laughs> sure. So um, – Gina is reminiscing in her own head at the moment, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, clearly, and uh, she's—I uh, know she's not going to share it with us. But uh, hey, I might ask her after we stop recording, and I'll spill it all in the next episode. Anyway, go um, on, Gina. So we'd have to do a special uh, podcast. So we've got the keys to the Ferrari. We're putting mm-hmm. them in. We're going to start it up and and rev and put it in in first. That's it. We're not going to worry about driving fast or anything like that because that's scary. And so um, basically uh, to, to do this, um, I've, so I've completely lost my train of thought now, Val, because I keep thinking about, you know, the guy with his Ferrari. Oh, my God. He, was obviously, <laughs> he obviously made an impression. Go on. Who was he? <laughs> it was like... <laughs> Gina's lost it. She's gone down. She's gone back down memory memory lane, and she ain't coming back. I'll try. And, I'll try and get her back. I'll try and get her back. Gina, we were talking about Photoshop and yeah. GIMP 
and FOP, fear of Photoshop. But, you know, we were saying that once you actually learn some of the tools in Photoshop, you it, it, it it's great. You can do a lot of amazing things. So what's so next? Let's start out with um, these ways of comping images together. So uh, for beginners, uh, with, like you might be taking a lot of landscape shots and when you're shooting landscapes and this was something that we uh, talked about a lot in the episode on HDR photography so we covered this in detail so if you want to go if you haven't heard that episode and you're interested in getting the most out of your landscape shots I suggest you have a listen to that ep but basically uh, the way landscape photographers can use comping to get great shots is it might be that you take a great image Image and then you'll drop in another sky or you'll uh, do multiple exposures to get the detail in the sky, detail in the middle ground and yes. detail in the foreground. So that's a, 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 a sort of a, a really easy way that you can use multiple exposures in landscapes and it's done in camera for you. So you don't even really need software, but if you use something like Photoshop's uh, photo imaging software to merge for HDR or Lightroom, then you get a better image. So that's probably the most basic way that you can merge images together and it's a good way to dip your toes in the water and get a sense of what is possible when you start working in this way, how much more detail you can get in the image and how much more control you can have rather than taking it to chance, pointing a camera, hoping that everything is uh, nicely balanced, you got all the detail, you take the next level, go up and, uh, and a notch and get a better shot. Great. Okay. Fantastic. What in next? Portraits, Val, mm. there are lots of ways that I comp images together and the protocols that I've started using and that I use today have uh, come about from a lot of trial and error and there's stuff that I do today that I can do like really quickly in a matter of minutes that would be uh, a few hours of retouching in the past because I didn't think to the post-production stage. And so like the first example, and I think that a lot of portrait photographers who are shooting with flash on camera or flash mm. off camera or even mm. with reflectors in the shot or using cutters in the image uh, or have uh, maybe people in the shot that they don't want in the background of a portrait. So you might be photographing someone uh, on a street and uh, in one of the images someone has walked across you know behind the, the in the background and, and yeah. you know with a pink tracksuit on and a bright fluoro orange bag or in a yellow umbrella they really stand out in the background and you didn't want them in the shot but if you know about the techniques of comping shots together you 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 will know to like wait a while till the the, the background is clear and then take another shot and you can because the shot that you took with the person in the background is the best expression out of all of them and you know that you can actually uh, plan for that and have a clean plate, like a background that doesn't have anything in it that you can use later on uh, and comp those images together and you'll end up with a uh, the beautiful, pristine background with the amazing portrait. So the way I like to shoot my portrait shots when I'm lighting them, Val, is I like to bring my lights in really close yeah. to, my, to, my sit -up, to my model and – if I've got my lights really close and I want to have uh, a wide background, I've always got the uh, light stand and the light in my image and that's annoying. So, And to retouch that, uh, I, I, I used to have a go sometimes and try and clone it back in, but it would always look like a mess. But now what I do is I always make sure that I try and shoot on tripod or make sure that when I'm shooting, I've got my image always the frame is exactly the same for each shot. Once I've done my shot with my model lit, I always uh, move the light stand out of the frame or ask my voice activated light stand to move out of the frame and mm -hmm. I take <laughs> another shot without the lights in the shot. And then what I do is I merge the shots together. So you, um, and I've actually included Val in the show notes, the steps to do this and also a, um, 
a tutorial, a, 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 that I, a detailed blog post about how to do this if you want to follow along. And it's so simple and such a great technique. So basically, uh, you open the the two the files in Photoshop, the two files. So you've got the one file, which is your shot that still has the light in it. And then you've got yep. the second shot that you took, which is the background that's empty, okay? The exposure state the, the same. And, and the person's not in it. If you have a person. You can have the person in it or you can ask everyone to move and just have an empty shot, all right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then basically what you do is you use your move tool. You open the image in Photoshop, use your move tool, uh, put one file on top of the other, Mm -hmm. and there's uh, an action that you do. So you drag, you, you open Photoshop, file, auto-align layers, then you select auto. This is all in the show notes and a detailed blog post. And then you use the eraser tool, uh, select your top layer, use the eraser tool and rub out the rub out the person or the light stand and you've got a perfect clean image. Now, I've done this in, in workshops and shown people how to do it and when we were doing in, them in workshops, we were handheld and it still works as long mm. as you keep or images are nice and aligned and this and so and you don't change your focal length or your shutter or your exposure you keep it exactly the same this is a really easy way to work with lighting up close or if you've got people in the shot and now I always shoot like this I always do my main shot and a clean plate which is a background that's uh, free of anyone so that if I need to remove anything out of the shot the foreign objects it's very easy to do and of course if you want to check out the show notes you can find them at ginamilitia.com that's m-i-l-i-c-i-a and you might be listening to this if you've never done uh, this before and think, oh, it's complicated. It's not. I literally did it for the first time only, I would say, six weeks ago or so. And when Gina says it's it's as simple as rubbing it out, it is. It's as simple as rubbing it out. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> it's, you know, so I, I, I encourage you if you want to try this or even you don't have to set up a special shoot, just, just do a practice, you know, shoot at home with something uh, of of a particular scene and then you identify and pull something out of it and shoot the same scene and then just practice it in Photoshop at shop. And the thing to remember is you can get free trials of Photoshop for 30 days. Yes. So you can just, you know, do it for free for 30 days yeah. and you can decide yeah. later whether you like it or not. But um, it, you, it might sound complicated, but it seriously isn't. So definitely give it a go. Gina's right when she says that it's – it's it is easy and sometimes it's just a matter of uh, following along and you can follow and I've done it it's a blog post uh, there's also uh, I've, I've uh, created lots of videos uh, for the goal community where I show them how I do it how do, how I lock off and how the post production is but like if you follow along with the blog post Val you just take the step by step by step The first time it feels like, what am I doing? Because it's like all these new tools. But then you go, I get it. I get it. And then you you Mm. actually remember it. And it's like like driving. You know how to get in the car, put the key in the ignition. The first time you might miss a little bit and get it in Mm. the wrong spot and miss a few gears. But after, after you've done it a few times, you do remember it. Yeah, fantastic. Um. All right, so uh, another really good technique and uh, useful technique for uh, portrait photographers and and merging images together is a technique that I call face swap. Remember that movie, Face Swap? (laughs) No, Face Off. Was it Face Off? Face off, face, swap is, face swap is what you do on Snapchat and Face is Off. Face is Face Off them. where they swap their faces though? Yeah, with Nicolas Cage oh, and John so Kitsi. Oh, so it's not called Face Swap, it's called Face... It should have been called Face Swap. Well, unless there's some other movie but called Face Swap, but if you're looking for the Nicholas Cage... That's the one. Yeah, that's Face Off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. <laughs> I, I don't think we're far away from It was Nicholas being... Cage and John Travolta. Yes, yeah. I don't think we're far off from being able to go to a, a store like you go and buy shoes and mm. you can buy a new face. I don't think we're far off. Okay, sure. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for that insight and observation. Future, uh, you're a futurist now. <laughs> what, what were you about to say about face swapping then? So this is, uh, again, a, a little technique that I developed because when I was shooting, say, big group shots, I would get frustrated because I was like, this is before I was doing uh, comp shots where I would, um, you know, at, at shoot everyone individually. And I was doing my, you know, I'd have 20 people in the group and I'd find that shot where 19 people look good and person number 20 had their eyes closed, right? Mm, and then I worked out that what you do is if you've shot on tripod and everything nothing changes in the frame like everyone's still like in exactly the same spot basically what you can do is find a frame where that person isn't blinking mm-hmm. cut out their face <laughs> and oh. drop it onto the frame face right. swap <laughs> fantastic that is such a great idea it's so easy to do, basically. Oh. So, again, just, just by using layers, so you get your select tool, you cut out. And if, if they've if they've got, like, white behind them, it's very easy. If they're part of a group, then basically, and, and their head hasn't moved, I actually just cut around just above their eyebrows, around their eyes, under their mouth, and, uh, you know, and move their – or just cut out, like, the – I don't even cut out their hair I just cut out the skin part of their face and Mm. move it on to the part where they're blinking great and so when you cut out their face in photoshop does it is it do you need to have it where there's not people behind them or not other faces so does it have to I'm be saying. plain if, if it's a group shot and there's yeah. people behind and it's like a large probably like your group that shot yeah. that you were doing yeah. um you just cut out the skin you just cut out the actual face so that that like th- just the face part, because oh, right. just very close what I mean? to the head. Yes, yes, yes. Just I around, see. you know, within, you know, around, just under, over the eyebrows, under the mouth, around the eyes. Just the face, and then Go. move it across. If they've okay. got nothing behind them, then you could uh, happily just uh, loosely cut out the head. And uh, yeah. like I usually, if they're wearing a, a shirt and tie, there is an example in the show notes where I've cut them out really roughly. Um, I usually just cut out. Uh, around the the neckline and around the head and then move the head across. It's so easy, Val, and then you just uh, erase the areas that uh, don't line up. Great. I need to try this. It's easy for when you Mm. do uh, group shots, Val. When I do face swap. Face swap. So... (laughs) The I suppose other- you could just like get I could just get a picture of, you know, like a famous supermodel and do face swap with my own picture. <laughs> yeah, so like people have, people have done this. Like you could have, uh, you know, if you find uh, like Christy Brinkley posed for. Um, Sports, Sports Illustrated. Illustrated. She look amazing, but yes. you know, and, and it looks like they've taken her face. She looks twenty five. I can't believe it. But I was going to say, like you know, she they could have swapped her body with someone else's to make it look <laughs> like that. But like all of her looks twenty five, so that's not a very yes. good example. But no. you know, if you if you wanted to have the ultimate bikini shot of you, you just get a like a Sports Illustrated model that has maybe the same color hair and just cut your face out and put it. Mm. Into that shot, Great. and then there you are. I'll make sure I do uh, that with a with bikini. a bikini model. How's bikini <laughs> yoga beach babe going? Your Instagram account. Um, no, well, no. This was you wanting me to start this Instagram account, but no, I am not going to be starting that Instagram account, Gina. I'm going to probably be starting a new. Yeah, I'm going to start a new Instagram account for account for my art. Macrame babes. Yes, maybe not macrame. Weaving. Weaver. Yes. Weaver chick. Yeah, something like that. The weaver uh, chick. I'll maybe have to think should of, name it. I have a name already in my head, which I'm not ready to share with you yet, Gina. Okay. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Because someone might take it, Val. If they That'd can't. I've already got it. Have it. Like you registered and everything. Because yes. like, well, you have, haven't you? Yes. 
<laughs> because when you're a famous artist doing installations, darling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. I can't wait. All right. So mm-hmm. back to the yes. topic. Yeah, back to the topic. Sorry. The other thing you can do when you're shooting portraits, the other way to uh, merge or comp images together to take them to another level is adding a background to a portrait. So often like you might turn up and photograph someone and you just wish that the background wasn't the back of an alley where there was trash cans or, you know, it was just like all they had was, you know, you're photographing Jan from accounts. Yeah, and also got in the background uh, are like those uh, grey filing cabinets with you know. Yes, to, I understand. Pot's hanging from, and she's got doily <laughs> as well to under the. <laughs> so Jan's office is beautiful, and and so but the light in there is amazing. So you get yes. a great shot, but you wish you had a better background. So if um, like the thing that I do, if I can find a plain background to shoot someone on, I will. And I've got um, a beautiful, simple lighting technique with just one beauty dish and one reflector sort of in a clamshell in front, in front of the model. And then I'll have a plain wall behind them. And then what I'll do is I can actually uh, – Cut, cut them out from the shot and drop in a different background uh, into mm-hmm. the background and make it like it's, it's still a flat background. It's not, it's not, I'm not changing the lighting style, but I'm just adding some texture into the background. And that's, that's also a pretty simple technique that you can do uh, with like minor, like Photoshop experience really. And it's a good way to lift your images to another level just by comping two together. Yeah. Okay. That's certainly a good idea, and that it's it's a ve- it's very practical because there's heaps of times when we're faced with situations where the background is less than ideal. Yes. So the other thing, uh, can oh, you I hear can my hear your cat. cat? Is that yeah. tiger or princess? Yeah, it's like he's been fed fourteen times today because like that tiger? He's, yeah, he forgets. He forgets. He keeps forgetting. It's so. Yeah. He's so sweet and sweet. Yeah, he's, he's uh, adorable. I'm sorry, he's interrupting and um It's perfectly fine, Tiger. You can join the podcast. It's okay. Tiger's he's probably, adorable. He's probably got more to say, so he might he might you might hear him from time to time. He's now on That's my lap. Okay. Um, oh, cutie. All right, so another Great technique for beginners, Val. Uh, yeah. When you're shooting travel shots, have you ever been to like the um, a, a amazing place? Uh, I'm sure you have, Val. But like, um, I've been to to spots, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is amazing. I'm the first person here. I'm going to get this monument or this mm. shot, and no one's going to be in my background. And then a whole you know group of people come in and walk yes. through my shot. Yes, and it's such a big location that I can't ask everyone to move well as long as they're still moving through the frame and the image that you're shooting is a static image there is a really simple way using photoshop that you can um get everyone out of the shot if you plan when you take the shot so say you're um uh at somewhere like the taj mahal right yes and there's uh it's true. No, somewhere where there's all like people constantly, it, like a street, Val, and you've got okay. people walking up and down the street and you want to yes. get sort of a clean shot of the street. What mm. you do is you take lots of files so that you've got different shots where people are in different positions in every mm. single shot. So you might mm-hmm. have someone that's walking, they're in the front of the shot, then they're in the middle of the frame and then they're at the end of the frame. Yes. Okay? Lots yes. and lots of shots. The background shots. is always going to remain static the people are going to be a constant moving through the frame. Yes. You then, so you might take 10 different shots. You then uh, process them and take them into Photoshop and there's mm-hmm. something called scripts in Photoshop. Scripts. Scripts. Okay. So you hit, hit that. Mm-hmm. and hit statistics and then you select median and this is all in the show notes but basically yep. it's a technique where you import the image into photoshop i'm telling you it's very easy uh, mm-hmm. follow the instructions in in the uh, show notes and then photoshop will look at the image all the mm-hmm. images look at what's moving compare it to what's static and remove mm-hmm. everything that's moving into your frame 
out of the frame. Really? Yes. And you end up with an empty image. Now, you might get the odd uh, floating arm left behind or a limb where someone hasn't moved quite quickly enough so they're kind of ghosted and then all you need to do is clone them out. Wow. Mm. That's incredible. It is incredible. You mean clone them out as in use the eraser tool or what do you mean? Yeah, well, use the clone tool for that, which is a little bit more advanced. But hopefully if the people are moving fast enough, Photoshop will remove for you so wow it's worth playing with and um it's it's uh worth having having a go that's incredible okay so but w- what if you were at the Taj Mahal is it a different scenario then because well, so I didn't give that you know, example because like the the people people queue up at the Taj Mahal and they're kind of they don't move the queues don't move so they're mm, static and so mm. this kind of um software isn't as good but I've had uh I've got images I've created images of the Taj where I've ju- I've taken multiple shots at the same time and found like patches where the people have moved and just uh, ah. sort of done a comp together but that's a bit more sort of advanced kinds of photoshop sure. but uh, so I guess the moral of the story is whenever you're out photographing you'd like it's not it's not like you go to the Taj Mahal and then you go back next week again to get the shot, right? No. So whenever you're at these amazing locations and taking photos, try and take several shots. Like once you get your exposure right, just mm. take lots and lots and lots of shots. Take 50, all right? Because yep. then you'll have, uh, as your Photoshop experience grows, you'll be really happy. Your future self is going to be really happy with your past self for doing that because you go, oh my God, I've now got all these images that I now have the knowledge to be able to remove all the people properly. Yeah. From the sh- Great. Mm. All right. Yeah. So, um, moving on to some intermediate but still basic to intermediate ways that you can uh, work with photo composites is to use a green screen because okay. using a green screen when you're taking portraits and so maybe for the, the those that people listening who are now getting into flash on camera and uh, starting to get their head around Photoshop and doing flash off camera and doing their lighting their portraits, you can start playing around with doing portraits on a green screen. So basically a green screen is a, it's a a bright, uh, like it's a a piece of material or a pop-up background that's bright green. And the reason, and and what it does is when you shoot on these, uh, when you're isolating uh, people or objects from the background, it's very easy to select them using Photoshop because generally there is nothing green in a skin tone. It's like the furthest mm-hmm. colour away in terms of contrast. They just uh, need to make of, sure they're not wearing green. Yes. So you mm. make sure that the person is not wearing green. And so that like green screens are used a lot in the movies when you see those superhero movies where they're flying in outer space or at mm. a, like a, on a space station or something like that. They're all, they're, they're just actors filmed in a studio against yep. a green screen and then they screen and then they digitally put them in, in the background. So, um, that using a green screen is a great way to start with your photo comping because it's an easy way to learn how to cut uh, people out from the shot. And um, so that's a good way. So, and the ne- next sort of thing to do with uh, intermediate is swapping out sky. So it's like, it's a, uh, again, it's just learning how to um, cut out the sky and swap it out for from for a background very easy to do just using the um selective um uh, adjustment tool to 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 cut it out select the area and take it out and uh, drop in a new sky so uh that's sort of next level stuff and uh once you get the hang of that it's like it's again it's just a matter of setting aside a half day val and experimenting Right. All right. So, yep, fantastic. And a, where do a, you buy green screens? Okay, I put a link in the show notes to one that I really like. It's a collapsible pop-up one. I've got mm-hmm. like my um you know how you get those 5-in-1 reflectors? Yes. I've got one that has silver, white, uh green and black. 
In a size of a reflector? Yes. So I can pop it behind. If I wanted to do green screen, I could use that behind someone's head. So say I was wanting to do a portrait and I didn't have a nice background that I could use. And even if it was Jan in account, even the wall, like she's got too many um, of those hanging there cat posts. She's got a hanging there (laughs) cat poster. You know that one where the cat's just hanging on her wall and uh, it's behind (laughs) glass. It's behind glass, so it's always reflective. So I can never get a good shot of Jan in her office. So I just pop the green screen behind her. Yes. And uh, it just really it makes it easy for me to then cut her her head out and right. pop in another background. So of course this the link to the green screen is in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. Now I've gone to the link, Gina, and there's a there's it's it's green and blue, so it's two in yeah. one. What yeah. might you use the blue for? Uh, just another kind of like if in case they're wearing green, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's other ones uh, as well that you can get, like smaller versions that are just like the size of reflectors. This is like a bigger one, so maybe it would fit a, a full body. But yep. what I like about these is because they're the the, the the sort of got the sprung steel and they pop up yes. when they're, they're flat and yes. there's no wrinkles now. Yes, unlike the green screen I have, which uh, is material, and mm. we have to iron it every single time we want to use a green screen. So that I don't well, carry you get this one. with me. You should yeah. get this one for you because it's just mm. like uh, when you're doing when you're doing your videos for the uh, yes. writer center yes. and and. And is it just like one person that you're filming at a time? Well, generally, but we did do two once yeah. and we had yeah. to be quite squashed um, next to each other. But the other interesting part, and I thought I'd mention this, is the the lady who was in the shot with me, she had extremely frizzy hair. So uh-huh. it was actually quite hard to get the hair looking all right (laughs) Right. when we we put a different background uh instead of the green interestingly because you know it's like flyaway hair it's just stuck out everywhere yeah yeah but the programs are better now to get rid of that so this this screen would be perfect for you val i think it's big enough for for definitely for one but and could you won't have to iron it so you'll love that great all right all right so in terms of more advanced um uh, types of uh, photo comping you can do that then the world's your oyster there's so many things that you can do uh, with the shot so um, you know you can uh, add like elements like like I've got an image where I had a girl standing on a rooftop and she had like a bunch of balloons and I wanted her to have look like she had like hundreds of balloons and of course we got three for the original (laughs) shot and then I've just like you know used uh photoshop and comp them together and now I've got a shot with her because it would be like impossible and I was worried that she'd fly off the roof I was actually (laughs) concerned about that so I'm like no three's plenty and then you just um you know take lots of plates and you you can easily merge that shot together to to look good um the other ways that, that I like to work with photo comps is um, you – I set up my it, – it, it, the, the bonus for me in working in this way is I can get each person lit perfectly and I can light them in the way that I want to light them when I'm doing a group shot or a car yeah. shot and I can get people to look uh, really animated. So in the show notes, I've got a cast shot uh, for one of the footy shows here in Melbourne where I had them jumping in a a jumping castle, all the the cast of the show. And they're all lit with a a, a deep octa. So it's a a light that's uh, really only going to light one person at a time. And so what I did was I set up my lighting, I I lit the jumping castle Mm. and – I lit. I had. I created the ambient light overall for the shot, and then I got each. I locked off my camera. I locked mm. off the focus. Okay, mm. so it wasn't auto focusing. It was one focus point, and then I got each individual person in the shot to, mm. to be in position. So I, I knew in my head where everyone needed to be in the shot so that they wouldn't overlap. And then yes. I just shot, got each person to do what they needed to do in the position that I wanted them. And then right. it's just a matter of merging the images together. And um, mm. so 
it's a really simple way that uh, you can do this sort of shot without lighting it is if you want to do – so, Val, say you wanted to do a portrait of Rex. Yes, right? of course. Uh, in his uh, – like in your office, okay? okay. So – and just imagine like what would be better than one Rex. Imagine 50 Rexes. Mm, but if there's, you set there, your, there's only one Rex. I know, but fifty-one of the one of the same Rex. So you could do a portrait of him in your office where you set up your camera, you focus yes. uh, for the entire scene, and you get your lighting correct so it's like daylight. And then over the next five minutes, I know Rex moves around a lot, but maybe he sits on your desk, take yes. a shot. Then he yes. sits on your chair, take another shot. Oh, then yes, he sits yes. by the window, take another shot. Then he's yes. on the floor, take another shot. Then he's over at the door. Then he's at another spot. Then he's on the couch. Like he's in 20 different positions yes, over five yes. minutes, right? And you've taken yes. 20 different shots. You merge those all those shots together and pro- mm. in, um, stack them up in layers and yep. then rub out each little version of Rocky and combine the shot and you've got Rex. that. Uh, sorry, Rex, sorry. I'd mm-hmm. rather have Rocky, but anyway. <laughs> You're the one who's told the story starting with yeah, Rex. sorry. And then you've got a portrait of Rexy all over the um, all over your office. Yeah. Like, and I've seen this done with people as well. Like you could do a self-portrait where there is 20 of you um, mm. in, in, you know, in a location. Like you could be uh, at, at a bus stop and you could be you – uh, sitting at the bus stop, you could be the person next to you, you could be the person standing up, you know, and you could do all different personalities. Andrew Mack in the Facebook group posted a great version, uh, self-portrait of himself in exactly this technique um, mm. where he was uh, watching uh, sport and uh, he, he did himself in, in I think he's like 17 different ways, like he's on the couch, he's next to himself, he's on the floor, he's mm. dropping his popcorn, he's peeking out from behind behind the couch using just this technique and it, it, it looks amazing so it's an it's a great option another way to photograph people that way so you can do this with uh, available light or take it to the next level and a- actually individually light each person so in the shot that I was describing with the jumping castle I actually had my assistant with a light on a on a pole and um he would just move around. He's in the frame in each uh, different shot, lighting each person. Then I actually just using the technique that I described at the start of the show with how do I move people in a light stand. I just uh, removed him, left the person and uh, created like you get uh, these really dynamic looking shots. Impossible to get in camera, to get everyone right like that where you've got people jumping. Yeah, right. Fantastic. So much to think about, so much to do, but it's actually pretty easy. And I honestly probably wouldn't have believed you um, even six months ago, but now that I've ventured into Photoshop, you're you're absolutely right, and I hope people take the time to just give it a go, just try it out, experiment with a couple of shots. You don't have to go quite as complex as setting up a jumping castle and getting the cast of a footy show, but see what you can do with your own ideas on on composites. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. So basically, essentials to make it easy on yourself uh, when you're starting out: shoot with a tripod. Mm. Make sure that you yeah. uh, match camera height like remember the camera height that you were shooting from uh match your focal length and uh like keep your lighting consistent and that's going Mm. to give you a much easier time uh when, when you come to merging your images together but just start out with the the easy way dip, dip your feet in the water see how you go and yes. i think you're going to be hooked fantastic now why don't you have a think about what hashtag gina challenge is this week gina uh, if you're new to us then each week we have a new hashtag gina challenge and then we do hashtag whatever the topic is and you can interpret that topic however you like and we upload our photos to the free facebook group you you just search for it. If you're one of our listeners, come and join the community. Uh, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community 
on Facebook and click to join. And it's a great place for us to upload our photos for hashtag Gina Challenge. It's also a great place just to share other photos, get uh, feedback from other people and um, and also just chat to other people who are really into photography. Um, so uh, in addition to the Facebook group, there's also the wonderful gold community, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. So check that out, GinaMilitia, M-I-L-I-C-I-A.com and click on join the community just to find out more about the gold community, which has its own separate uh, private Facebook group where um, all of the members uh, participate, can share ideas, but it's also where Gina um, does photo critiques and answers questions. There's some, there's some great conversations and great advice going on in the gold community. But in addition, if you're a gold member, you get regular tutorials every month from Gina own, that are exclusive to gold members. Gold men, members also get exclusive Lightroom presets that aren't you know, that, that are available free as part of the membership and will also get um, exclusive access to uh, a monthly mastermind, live mastermind, which Gina uh, does every month where you can ask your questions and um, get all of your uh, dilemmas answered by Gina. And even if you can't make the mastermind, the live mastermind, we record it so that you can have a watch and listen later. Gina shares her screen and shows you exactly what she does and um you know on in photoshop or lightroom and also critiques photos so it's a wonderful uh, membership to be a part of so let's move on to hashtag gina challenge what is it comp shot Great. So we've got hashtag Gina Challenge, hashtag comp shot, and you can interpret that however you like, but hopefully you're going to actually do some kind of photocomposite. That would be really great to see. We'd love mm. to see it. And, um, yeah, make sure you give this a go at some point. Even if you don't – we know a lot of people discover us and then listen to the back catalogue later. Um, even if you're listening to this in six months' time, it's okay to do hashtag Gina Challenge later because as long as you do hashtag comp shot – We'll know which one you're referring yep. to. In the meantime, um, this cut brings us to the end of this week's episode. Where do we find you online, Gina? So I'm at ginamilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. You can always find me on Twitter at Gina Militia and Instagram at Gina Militia. I'm also in the Facebook group. What's it called, Val? <laughs> Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. That's it. <laughs> uh, you'll find me at Valerie Koo on Instagram and Twitter and I'm um, easy to find on Facebook, but I'm also in the Facebook group for both the um, podcast community and the gold members. So thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.